together as one There are people dying Oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life The greatest gift of all We can't go on Pretending day by day That someone, somewhere will soon make a change God's great big family And the truth You know love is all we
everyone. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. It's Aisha here from God FM. God bless you all. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are the worlds. We are the children. What does this mean? Well, God has some children down here. It's good news, really. It really is. Okay, so today is the 30th of September 2023. And uh, I actually am also working on picking up your cross. But it's taking a bit longer because I want to get it right before I present it to you. So a lot, a lot of research and uh, a lot of consideration of all the aspects of picking up the cross and also applying it to these days, which we are currently in. Uh, what have I got for you today? Well, uh, I kept getting this song earlier in the week, We Are The World. And I kept thinking, well, maybe the Lord wants me to talk about this because we are in this world and we are the children, but we are also not of the world. We're in the world and it is only temporary. And um, the, the way to look at it is it's a mission, on a mission, uh, a business mission. Don't take anything personally uh, because as children of God, we are going to come under attack from the enemy. One way or another, we're always going to come under attack. Like I am. <laughs> Currently I'm being <laughs> hacked and stalked and goodness knows it's so horrendous. Um, and it's never ending. I do keep praying and uh, the Lord helps me. I get a couple of uh, hours, sometimes I get a day or two of, of peace and then it's all up, up and running again. So it was really nice until I used the internet today to print these documents. And now I've got all sorts of machines running in the house again. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Too many wires running in the house. Makes me unwell. <laughs> oh dear. But on a good note, I had a roast duck today. Hmm with uh, a side relish which I made, which was onions, peaches, tomatoes. Um, what else is that? Oh, and some strawberry jam, some sugar, salt, pepper, some really spicy spices, Italian ones, and then also some South African things I put in as well. And it was, blow your mind, big potatoes and lots of carrots and... Uh, Roasted potatoes, really crunchy. Mm. It was uh, just too too good to resist, really, when it was reduced. And I thought, oh, that duck looks nice. I'll roast that and I'll have that. And it was so nice, it will. It's the little things now for me that make me happy. Mm. I find eating out not so enjoyable um, because it's costly. And also, I don't know what they do with the food. I don't know what's going in it. And, uh, well, I, I like to cook as well. So, um, hmm. Uh, I've really given you an update on the week. It's, uh, it is like, uh, the Terminator movie. I was actually, uh, watching, um, 
Stranger Than Fiction. I don't know if you've heard of him, Ron, uh, but uh, he's on Telegram and also I think on Rumble and BitChute, Stranger Than Fiction, STFN. And uh, one of his videos, he was talking about people who are being targeted by the government or whatever the system is, the AI, and they're targeted in their houses and basically similar to what's going on here. Everything is fiddled with and then you're forced to flee your house and then you're followed around and AI seems to follow you and uh, even if you go in a hotel. I thought it was very interesting because he was saying everything that happened to me. And then uh, if you go to the police, you look crazy because no one believes you. No one there to help you. And then finally they kill you. It's all through EMF uh, radiation. I thought that was really interesting uh, that he's covering all that. And uh, well, what it made me think of was Sarah Connor. You know that film in, in Terminator where uh, the, the machines uh, don't like the John Connor. So they go back in time and search out Sarah Connor, the mother, uh, to kill her so that she can't have this son, uh, John Connor. I've always enjoyed those sort of films. But I never thought I'd be living in those times. <laughs> and it is like that. You know, whether you believe it or not, this uh, smart city world that we're about to go into is, well, it's towers of Babylon, it's control, it's torture, uh, it's hunting people down who believe in God. Uh, if you don't agree with the narrative, they will hunt you down. If you don't worship on the Sunday, you will be hunted down. If you worship on Saturday, you'll be hunted down. This is all coming. New money system. Card declined. Sorry, you don't fit in the system. <laughs> um, I always say this, you know, when I go to pay for things and, uh, you know, contactless is great, except every two times you've got to put your PIN number in now, you know, <laughs> it's interesting it is. Um, so we've got to ask these questions. What are we coming to? Where are we going with it all? Well, um, I don't know if you're aware, but the you've got the 5G, which is not for phones. It's for, from what I understand for the system and it's the, the hive network um, and it's merging people with machines it's augmentation and also um, the 6G wiring is through the lights and uh, the wiring so it can up and download your memories and uh, change all of those things I know it sounds out of this world and it doesn't sound real I probably sound crazy but I, I'm not crazy this is all happening. They talk about it openly on the World Economic Forum. You can just go on their site. Uh, there's a lady called Lovely Love and then Dot and then Lee on TikTok with a triple seven. And she talks about it. She's very godly. She knows her Bible really well. And she explains a lot of the things on, on, on TikTok about what's happening. So if you want uh, to go and have a look, you're very welcome. I often share her videos, and uh, I've just done one, Making the Mark, which gives you a bit more of an understanding of what we're dealing with. Okay. Um, hmm. 
So what have they done to me? Well, they've rewired the house so that it hurts my head. I've got things that hurt my ears. I've got things that hurt my heart. Um, I've got things that make my muscles ache as if I've been on a 10-mile marathon. I've got things that shake my bed. <laughs> so you get shake your head syndrome. Um, and, uh, and squealing machines and all sorts of horrible things. Really horrible. Um, also in the car, the same. So, yes. These people, I believe, have attempted to kill me with my car. So, um, so back to it. We're in this world, but we're not of the world. So we've got to remember this. Jesus set the precedent of what we're meant to do and how we're meant to behave. Um, I was talking about this with my friend earlier, and I want to bring it up before I get into the sermon. And that is about anger and shouting. You see, I used to shout and scream and get angry. But after I read the Bible, I changed. Something happened, and I don't like shouting now, and I don't like uh, screaming and getting angry. And if someone shouts and screams and gets angry at me, I get upset and I just avoid this sort of thing. And I've noticed it gives me a headache as well. I don't know why. And anyway, my friend was saying, well, because as as you read the Bible, you're taking in God's spirit and you're becoming more and more aware of who you are in Christ. Christ is more alive in you. The Spirit is really making itself at home. And I really believe this when you read the Bible. The more you read the Bible, the more you are understanding who God is. God should be the most important thing in your life at the moment. I said this already in my last sermon. Really have a think about who you are and where you're going. You know, I don't mean to be patronizing, because I, I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'd hope to make it. But Jesus does turn around and say to a lot of people, I never knew you. So this always keeps me very much on my toes. <laughs> I will tell you that. And fear of God definitely is the beginning of wisdom. So... <clears throat> It's very amazing. He is very fascinating. That's why I like to talk about God so much. Okay. So my heading next is word and world. Now, if you notice, you've got the word, which is God. And then you've got world with an L. That's the only difference between word and world. And L obviously stands for God as well. So God is with us because when I say I am going to the shop, I know that God is with me because his name is I am as well. This is all about the power of words, and I often talk about this. So I also think that the power of what you say really has an impact on people's lives. Uh, Your thoughts also. You have to have full control of your mind and your thoughts, and what you say. Because um, 
if you say to someone, oh, that was stupid or whatever, this carries a negative uh, vibration. It's about vibrations, okay? It is. And, uh, and about being positive. I notice that when I get all down and depressed, it's, it has ripple effects. So, um, my dad used to say, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. <clears throat> Why am I saying this? Well, in all the challenges in my life, I've always believed, even in the worst situations, to get up, get dressed, make myself look presentable, like there's not a worry in the world. Um, why? Because it means that I'm still at it and I'm fighting. And so, you know, I have found this really helps me. Um, God says when you fast as well, don't make a big deal of it and boast about it to your friends. You know, still make yourself look nice and don't really discuss it with anybody. He also says about when you help the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Why is this? Well, he doesn't want you to be filled with self-pride and uh, boasts like the people in the synagogues who sit at the front and boast and claim to be God's people, but they're not. So interesting, I think. It's very humbling to follow the Lord. So, um, okay. So the power of words, as I say, because the words are so powerful and each letter has also got its own elements, what I found so interesting is that if you write a set of words down in one sheet of paper, that becomes a letter. Then you've got the other letter, which is various letters making up the words together, you know. I think this is so very interesting. And then you say to people who have, have no guts, you've got no spine. And then you have a book, you see, with a spine. And all of this, uh, for me, very, very interesting it is. Sentence. Jesus completed his sentence. He completed a sentence for a crime he did not com commit, but also he died on the cross and shed his blood for us. Not only this, he completed word sentences, as in it is done, it is written. We are in the same way, I believe, made by God in this way. We're written in the book of life, and we want to make sure that we are not blotted out. And so this journey of ours, when we're saved, I believe the slate is cleaned for us. <coughs> Sorry, I didn't know I was going to be talking about this. <laughs> Must be from the Lord. So beautiful it is. <laughs> like a clean sheet of paper. And then if you go off continuing to sin, it dirties your paper. And now this is a sheet of paper that has already been replaced. It can't be replaced twice. So, 
This is where fear of the Lord must come in, because he has control of whether you will live or die, but also where you go when you die. Your your soul and uh, all of those things, I think, really need to reevaluate our priorities and who God is. I have, only because I'm going through all of these struggles, and so it's humbled me in that way. <clears throat> I must bring up the the Ten Commandments. I was going to do a sermon about it, but I think I'll bring it into this sermon. Why? Well, because the Ten Commandments were written on stone twice, in fact, uh, by Moses, who went up to the top of the mountain for 40 days, twice. Uh, the first time he came down and he smashed them because um, his, uh, was Aaron? I think it was Aaron, had uh, encouraged everybody to meld all their gold and, you know, do, do this statue worship stuff, okay? And so then we had the second lot. Now, why is this so important? Well, God's trying to show you that um, it's written in stone, not on a leaf that he buried under a tree. So these are important. Okay, I'm going to read them. Uh, one, uh, thou shalt not have no other gods. Yep, let me read it again. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And thou shalt not covet. So, I want to go through them. Is that okay? I hope it's all right. You know, I don't know them off by heart. I should learn them off by heart. I'm being really straight with you. And um, I think that's something we should do, learn them off by heart. I'm learning like you are. I'm just another child of God. Um, okay. So no other gods before me is commandment number one. So when we celebrate Easter birthdays, Christmas, pagan festivals, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Halloween, Guy Fawkes, all of these other uh, pagan festivals, what it says is that you're following another religion and another set of protocols that go against the Ten Commandments because you're worshipping other gods and other religions, which is the Babylonian system. And we are in Babylon. Babylon never went away. The Roman Empire is Babylon. Okay. And the towers are the 5G towers from Babylon, as in tear down their towers, that God tells us. And you will not make any graven image, any graven image. So this image of Mary that they worship is wrong. The image of Jesus 
in the churches on the cross is wrong. The cross is wrong. Why do I know this? Well, because it says I mustn't worship any graven image. Is wearing a cross wrong? Well, I don't wear a cross. I do have crosses around the house, but it's actually a symbol of death. Uh, it's a symbol of crucifying. Now, everybody in Jesus' day was crucified in this manner. So you're wearing a state of death around your neck. And so I don't think it is a good idea to have a cross. That's my thinking. Um, okay. Uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, what does that mean? Well, I believe it means when you swear in the name of Jesus, um, when you say, you know, oh, for such and such sake, yeah, and they do this on the TV all the time, on all the programs. Why is this so important? Well, because it's on the commandments, number three. And so Jesus is our God. He is God in the flesh. So every time they cuss his name and you hear it, the vibrations of the words carry and they have meaning and they have a, a substance. Just you've got to realize that the gospel is a ghost spell. So all of the words are so very important and all of the letters within them, because we're also letters within the word, as we're told in the Bible, as Jesus is the word in the flesh. And God is the word in heaven and the word in the Bible and also the word in the flesh, which comes alive in us also as letters. And we are letters. We're also the body of Christ. So when we take the name of Jesus Christ in vain and we do this, it's lowering the vibration of the authenticity of Jesus, the credibility of Jesus, the fact that you believe in Jesus, that you put all your faith in Jesus, but also when you hear it. Because I believe it, it brings in negative feelings and negative vibrations, which you've got positive and negative. Jesus is the blood, which is red. This is all about electricity as well. Red wire, positive. Jesus is red. And Satan is the black wire, as in death. And then you've got the earth wire, which is where we currently reside, which is an anagram for the hearts. And this is a test on your heart because God is love. So it's all about love because love unifies the body of Christ. So that's very important to not curse the head of the body because he is our head. Um, it's a bit like chopping your nose off to spite your face, that sort of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Ah, well, a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't need to do this. Well, I think you do. I think you most certainly do. Um, the laws will only pass away when the heaven and earth passes away, according to Jesus Christ. 
So this is very important. Did you know that the Sabbath day used to be a Saturday? And the beginning of the week is a Sunday. This is in the old Bibles that Sunday was the first day of the week. Um, and so uh, the Catholic Church have actually admitted to changing the day of the week. And uh, they changed the days of the week around. But they also changed the Sabbath day. They did it in such a way that nobody noticed. They have put themselves above God because they'll change the laws and the, all of these things according to Daniel's prophecies. And when this happens, this is very close to the end in the Revelation. So this is why it's important to know this, that we most certainly are in the last days because they've changed the ordinances, the times, the places, and the laws. And... uh they're about to um, cause an abomination of desolation to the temple because we are the body of Christ and we are also the temple of God with the spirit in, of God inside us. <coughs> Why is this so important? Because it all fits with the Sabbath day. If you don't worship God on the right day, then what does it tell me? Will Jesus turn around and say that he never knew you if you worship on the wrong day? Possibly because you don't know, you haven't searched out the truth. And it is about the truth because the truth is the light and the life. And so if you believe lies, then you've got darkness inside you. And how deep is the darkness then if you believe lies? Because you can't see in the dark when you tell lies. Liars can't remember their lies. So they only speak the language of lies because that's what their father speaks. The father is Satan, the father of lies. So... Why is this important? Well, it's all about the truth. (laughs) So it's not just about you speaking the truth. It's actually about making sure you know the truth. Because the truth will set you free. So Jesus says, and I believe in me telling you this, this will help you, that you must know that the Sabbath day is Saturday, not Sunday. And we should uh, celebrate it and we should keep it holy. And uh, how do we do this? Well, uh, first we need to know when it starts. So it's from sundown on Friday night to sundown on Saturday night. And what are we meant to do on the Sabbath day? Well, in the old days, we were not allowed to work or do anything. In the current climate, obviously in Jesus' day, he would heal people on the Sabbath day and he was always persecuted for it. He was a bit of a rebel against the uh, priest's right of of the law and also the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, because they corrupted the laws in the way that they they brought in all these new things where people didn't get taxed on the Sabbath day. So it encouraged uh, God's people to work on the Sabbath day because they didn't get taxed. And um, so they used the laws of God against God's people um, to make their lives difficult that they couldn't do anything on the Sabbath day. So what do I think we're meant to do on the Sabbath day? Well, I can tell you what I do. Um, I uh, dedicate my day to the Lord. I try and change my bedding on a Friday um, and have everything done so that everything is nice so that I can commit as much time as possible 
to the Lord and praising the Lord and worshipping the Lord. But also it's a one-to-one time to have a catch-up with the Lord. And uh, I don't work on that day. I, I, I always find I get people contacting me on the Saturday trying to get me to answer questions about certain things to do with work. Um, and it, I, it is always an attack on the Sabbath day, I find. If I want something fixing, they always want to come on a Saturday. <laughs> so in this way, it's very tricky, very tricky. I don't tend to do housework on a Saturday. I avoid all of those duties, like changing the cap trays. I don't do them on a Saturday. Um, but, you know, if they are so, so grotty, that I think, well, this is just so awful, I will do it. And I'll apologize to God. I'll say, I'm sorry, I'm doing this today. So it's just terrible. Um, so why do I say this? Well, because you shouldn't be buying things either on a Saturday. You shouldn't be going shopping on a Saturday. Um, because you're showing you're in the world and you're worldly and fleshly. Everything about God is about the spirit and we would not exist in his kingdom at all without the spirit. So we, this is about feeding the spirit as well with the words of God and studying his word. And so I think it's very important. I do. Um, do I run my electricity on a Saturday? Yes, I do. Do I run my water? Yes, I do. Do I bath on a Saturday? Yes, I do. Um, do I cook on a Saturday? Yes, I do. I, today I cooked a, a duck. And I did this because it was uh, to enjoy with the Lord on his day. And I'm sure he won't mind that. Um, he wants you to know that he loves you. And he, he in the Bible, he's, it's about knowing this is a, the day that the Lord has made. He sanctified this day as holy and special to you. So it has more oomph when you pray because it's his day of rest also. It's the other thing to remember because he made the earth and uh, on the seventh day he rested. So, and then number five, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, it's about respecting our parents, isn't it? And loving our parents. Well, what happens if they are awful parents? Well, you've still got to love them because God still loves you even if you've done something wrong. And this means that it can be tricky because you're setting an example and we're following Christ. Thou shalt not kill. Oh, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, I don't need to say anything more there. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Hmm. Adultery. You notice that adultery is very similar spelling to idolatry, where you worship idols. Why? Because um, God sees it in the same similar way, I believe. That's why the spelling is so simple, similar. So when you sleep with someone else's partner and they're married, this is you committing adultery and the person who does it with you. And uh, if you're married and you sleep with someone else, this is adultery. 
And it's on the Ten Commandments. So we mustn't do it. Okay. Hmm. And this also, Jesus says, in your mind. Because you think. It's, and thinking is part of the ink that writes in the book of the life. Yes, which is very important. Think and ink. Okay. And then, uh, number eight, thou shalt not steal. Well, that's pretty obvious. Don't steal. But, um, some people say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if I steal a little thing. It won't matter. You know, steal some sugar or a bit of ketchup or something else. I think it does matter. I think it is important because if you can't be trusted with the little things, you can't be trusted with the big things. So always think about that, you know, even if you're doing a little thing wrong. Because one thing leads to another thing and the road to hell is slippery and it's wide as well. Um, number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. What does this mean? Well, that's when you lie for somebody or you testify for someone um, and, and you're lying about it. You know, you say, I know this person, but you don't know them. Uh, I can testify that they didn't do this when you know that they did do this or you don't know, even if you don't know whether they did something wrong and you're making a claim they, they didn't do anything wrong. This is bearing false witness because you're, you're not sure. So therefore you can't be truthful. Um, and then number 10, thou shalt not covet. What's covet? That's very interesting. I see, I think covet is a very broad word that can be applied in so many different capacities. Um, coveting is to want something that uh, does not belong to you, but it also encompasses envy to want and to lust after. So this covered word doesn't really give enough of an understanding, in my opinion, of what this command is without totally going into it. And I think it's important to do that. So if you look at somebody else and you think, mm, they've got a nice car and a nice house and a nice husband and a you know, great family, and it's so unfair. That's coveting. It is. And then what happens after this is envy. And envy is a very evil thing. Because people who envy you, um, it starts with envy, and then uh, it becomes spiteful. And uh, they become uh, resentful against those people who have things that they want and... They wish they, they had them more, and they don't feel the person deserves them. And so they take it, and that leads to stealing. But also you get those ones who covet what you have, and they don't steal it, they just destroy it. So a bit like my uh, situation, where I am, it's quite a nice place, and uh, I'm self, self-sufficient with the Lord's help, and... Uh, in that way, what I've heard is everything has been disabled and sabotaged so that um, I'm not able to sustain my own uh, life because every type of income stream has been cut off. And this is because of envy and covetness. 
which lead to these acts. And what happens then, you see, if you commit all of those things that are happening to me, then uh, it's about covering up as well for the lies and uh, all of the despicable acts. And then, of course, it's about lying for one another, bearing false witness, stealing, because you want it, you take it. Uh, then it's also about killing, because you want to cover up the crimes. Um, and so this is how one little sin can give birth to death. So each thing that uh, is on the Ten Commandments is there for a reason, because it's a door to stop you going down the slippery pathway to death. Now we're all made of flesh, we are, and we all sin. Uh, we all tell white lies. Uh, we all do stupid things. But as we are going along in our lives, we need to correct ourselves. <clears throat> Otherwise, there's no difference between us and the children of Satan. That's the way I think of it. I hope that helps you, because I think the Ten Commandments are very important. And of course, uh, you must love God above all, and above yourself, and uh, love your neighbor as yourself, with the two new commandments that Jesus gives us. Now, this also covers the Ten Commandments as well, because if you do that, then uh, you won't want to annoy God, and you won't, um, you won't steal from someone you love or betray them, would you? So, what's the important part of all this, I think, is about love. Because um, that's why I think Jesus said you've got to love your enemies, love your neighbor, <laughs> pray for your enemies. Hmm. I've got some enemies that have done things to me, and I actually quite like them. I know it sounds odd, but I see them and I think they've got such a charm about them. Very charming people. And uh, to be honest, I don't think there's a great deal of difference between me and my enemies. The only difference is that I'm able to um, acknowledge that Jesus died for me and um, and I talk to God and I believe in God. They don't believe in God. And so they're angry at God because something bad's happened to them. And maybe they prayed and they didn't feel God answered their prayers. And this is very sad because God does love them. He does. They just don't know it. So we have to pray for them. These are all the things I've learned from all my lessons of my trials. And the other thing I've learned is that, you know, in the beginning of all of this stuff, I'd get angry if people um, followed the narrative and all of the other things. I'd be angry at Boris Johnson for what he's doing, what he did, and um, Mr. Hancock as well. But now I don't. I just know that this is all what is meant to happen. It's all meant to happen. They're just following orders at the end of the day. 
we can only pray. And that's why the Lord, I think, says pray for your governments and pray for your leaders and for your countries. We must start praying for them because the Lord is needed. And uh, you can pray that uh, the Lord will give you favor in your, your superior's eyes. The, the power of prayer is our only way through this whole situation, not getting angry. Angry really doesn't work. Um, and the blame game is another one. Don't blame anybody for the bad things. And also pity parties, they don't work either. I, I know because I have a lot of pity parties um, and they don't get you anywhere. <laughs> so I'm finding anyway. <laughs> it's a really funny old world. Okay. So what do you do if you're really at it and you're up against it and um, you're up against the wall and everything's falling apart um, and your enemies are succeeding against you um, and nobody seems to be with you? What do you do? Well, you get on your knees and you pray. And the next day, if this is still going on, what do you do? You get on your knees and you pray. Every day. And you praise the Lord and you thank the Lord for the good things. I realize now as well, the, uh, the nunneries, where you become the nun, you get tortured when you're enclosed in the back and you're, you dedicate your life to the Lord there. They torture you and uh, they feed you one bowl of soup, half a piece of bread and another half a piece of bread in the morning and a black coffee. That's all you get. And you're tortured if you don't have sex with the priests. Yes? This, uh, and it's a life of torture. Sleeping in a cell that's fully caged and all this other nonsense. Okay. This is in the churches, which are the Babylonian Roman Empire um, church system. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, but all of the um, denominations of churches have now come under Rome, the Catholic Church, again. So, um, under their authority. What does this mean? Well, it means that they're able to dictate what they can and can't talk about and what they can and can't do within their churches. Also, the narrative of the current climate, of climate lockdowns and also injections and all those other things. Why is this important? Well, it's the Catholic Church that removed the um, Saturday worship and changed it to Sunday. If you don't follow all the Ten Commandments, are you a child of God? Are we told that we need to follow the Ten Commandments? Yes, we are. Why don't we listen? I don't know. Why do people think that Sunday is the day of worship? Well, because everybody goes to church on Sunday. Um, everybody thinks that. Why do they think that? Well, because we've been taught that. Why were we taught that? Well, because Satan runs the world. Why does Satan run the world? Well, because we submitted to Satan in the Garden of Eden and we listened to Satan when he told us to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Hmm. 
So we lost the earth and Satan took over because God was our master and Adam was supposed to be the ruler of this earth. But because of what we did in the garden, we followed Satan and it became Satan's earth. And also, um, with it, Satan is God of time and air. I don't know if you're aware of that. So he's also the Sandman, which they make movies about, and uh, the Hangman and all those other things. Uh, it's all to do with Black Rock, which is all to do with the, the North Pole. It's very interesting, it is. Uh, also, justice is just ice, and police is polite, pole ice. So it's all about the poles, positive and negative, because we chose to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's why all the Masons have their little checkered boards of black and white. <laughs> it's all about being black and white. That's why Jesus in the Revelation says you're either black or white. You're either on the fence or you're either on my team or you're not. You can't sit on the fence and you can't be double-minded. <coughs> you have to 100% follow God. You can't partly follow God. You can't just do it on Sundays. <coughs> now, for a long time, I'd go to church on a Sunday. and Most of the time I didn't really go because um, I wasn't welcome, so I did... I worship at home, but Saturday worship only really came in for me very recently in the last few years. Because I realized that it was the wrong day. So, what does Jesus say about breaking the Ten Commandments? Well, I'll tell you what he says. He says, if you break one, you might as well break them all. Yeah, you've broken them all. So, it's no point following one and not following all of them. So follow them all as best you can. And if you, you know, deviate, you can pray to the Lord for forgiveness that, you know, he's allowed you out of that because Jesus has atoned for you as a daily sacrifice and a daily bread. So we should do the sinner's prayer, I believe, every day. So back to this, we are the world. Um, what I think is so important about all of this, we are the world, is this was our world. Satan stole it. We are the children of God, if you're listening to this and you've handed your life to Jesus, you've admitted you're a sinner, you've received the Holy Spirit, been baptized, um, confessed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but is everyone a child of God? Well, I'd like to think so, but no, they're not. Not unless they've handed their lives to Jesus Christ. Are they children of God? Because Jesus says that he will come and dwell with us, with his Father. He's left us the Holy Spirit. This is why you've got people who read the Bible and they don't understand it because they haven't got the Holy Spirit, because they don't truly believe in Jesus. Why not? Well, because they didn't, when they came to Jesus and they submitted their lives and they did the sinner's prayer, they weren't sincere. Um, and so, you know, they haven't been received. Why? Because it's like a message. 
If the message isn't true, it's not received because God only speaks the language of truth. That's why Enoch was translated to heaven because he spoke the same language as God and he was God's friend. Uh, okay. I want to go through what it says in the Bible, how, you know, with the words, word. Okay. Um, Hebrews 4, colon 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see what I was saying earlier about thinking and feeling? You see, also the heart is wicked. And so I've discovered this myself. My heart wants something. And uh, and sometimes it will pretend it doesn't. And I have to put it back in order. You sometimes can't help your feelings. You must fight them. If you have a horrible thought, you must put it to the back of your mind and apologize to the Lord and ask the Lord to help you so that you can get rid of that that part of you. Now, we all get horrible thoughts and horrible feelings. I sometimes think about someone, I think, a bad thought, they irritate me or whatever. And uh, I apologize, God, I'm sorry to think that of them. And uh, the more you do it, the more it will come very naturally, I think, anyway. <clears throat> well, what I like about what this says is that the Lord can see deep into your heart, mind, spirit, and soul. And it's very sharp. He's very sharp as well. John 1, colon 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. But Psalm 119, colon 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Matthew 4, colon 4, But the, he answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does this mean? I'll tell you what it means. The words of God have, are in the Bible. So God is the word in heaven. He was the word in the flesh. And he's still here with you in the written form as in his Bible. This is breathed by God. So it's important to read his word because you're receiving his breathed word. In fact, you know, they said about Moses, when he'd come down from the mountain, <laughs> his face was so lit up and radiated because it's so hard to be in the presence of the Lord because he's so holy. And so in the same way, that's how this applies to that as well. Hmm. It's a lamp. Okay. And it gives you truth, but also light. So if you're in a dark place in your life, in that way, it also applies. It's very clever how the words are spoken in the Bible. I'm always amazed. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As I was just saying, see? So if you're struggling in your life, get the Bible out, read it. Ask the Lord to give you guidance. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word. So Jesus is the bread, but like the manna, when we were given manna in the wilderness for 40 years, when we were rescued from Egypt, 
but he's also a daily sacrifice. Hmm. Uh, Colossians 3, colon 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. Isaiah 55, colon 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose or I purpose and shall succeed in all the things for which I sent it. John 1, colon 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. <coughs> so that just confirms everything I've been saying. So I've got a really tickly throat. Um, okay. And what else have I got? Okay. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching. Yes, I've done that one. Isaiah 55, 11. Yes, done that one. Um, yes, I've done that one. Romans 10, colon 17. So faith comes from hearing and from hearing through the word of Christ. John 17, colon 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Psalm 119, colon 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. John 6, colon 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And then in John 15, 3, it says, just turn the page. Uh, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So he washes you by the word he's spoken. Matthew 24, colon 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Luke 11, colon 28. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Isaiah 40, colon 8. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. James 1, colon 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And, uh, and I've read that one, all right. And 1 Peter 2, colon 2 says, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, which is, of course, the word of God. Um, I'm just looking for the ones that I... Okay, 2 Timothy 2, colon 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So it's also about respecting God, and it's an honor, really, to have the word of God in your heart, mind, and spirit, and soul. 
And so you mustn't take it lightly. It's a big responsibility as well. Job 23 colon 12. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than any, more than my portion of food. <laughs> Proverbs 30 colon 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And Deuteronomy 8, colon 3, And he humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might take make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Romans 15, colon 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. John 8, colon 31 to 32, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Ephesians 4, colon 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Acts 17, colon 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Hmm. 1 Peter 1, 23 Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 Hmm. It says, And we also thank God consider constantly for this. <coughs> Sorry, bit of a tickle. <clears throat> that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Now, I've had this said to me as well. People have said to me, Oh, well, it's written by man, so it's not the word of God. Well, that's a lie. Because it is the word of God. It is breathed by the Lord. And it's unquestionable because all of the words are so very clear that they are written by God because they've got dimensions and levels and, oh, it's so incredibly clever. This, there's no way that this could be anything other than the Word of God. We've got Colossians 4, colon 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Matthew 12, colon 36. I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. That's interesting as well, I think. Proverbs 16, colon 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. 
Joshua 1 colon 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. John 7 colon 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Ephesians 6 colon 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Psalm 19 colon 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 119, colon 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Revelation 1, colon 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Proverbs 18, colon 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So that all comes through the word. <coughs> These are all what have ended up on my page. So I'm just reading them because I believe that this is all meant to be read to you today. Luke 24, colon 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Proverbs 12, colon 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, what I wanted to just bring up what it said in Luke 24, 45 about opening their minds to understanding the scriptures. This can happen only through prayer to the Lord that the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding of the scriptures and uh, I had to pray because someone kept phoning me all the 24 hours a day uh, when I was trying to study the Bible and I prayed to God help me please because I had this one person who would just not leave me alone <laughs> and they were just phoning me you know 24 to 50 times a day with hundreds of emails and phone calls and it just became full time and I was just like ah help me and God did and after that I was able to really get stuck into the Bible but it went on this attack all day and so finally I got on my knees and asked him to help me and he did mm -hmm. uh, 2 Timothy 3 colon 15 to 16 17 and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, hmm. Psalm 119, colon 160. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Romans 1, colon 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
And then we've got John 10 colon 35. Boom, boom. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. Psalm 119 colon 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Proverbs 21 colon 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. James 1 colon 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So you know when you get really cross and shout and scream and you say bad things? This is what he means. So we've got to learn to control what we say and think and feel. It's a real sort of rehash of ourselves because we're reborn. It's the spirit inside us that takes over, but this is only fed and nourished through reading the word of God. Hmm. Um, and so what else have I got? Hmm. At Proverbs 15, colon 4, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness it in it breaks the spirit. Hmm. Proverbs 15, colon 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so, what else have we got? <laughs> Just looking for something that jumps at me. Yes, I've read that already. Yes, I've read that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that covers it. And I think we're there because I don't want to give you scriptures that are not relevant. And I just want to make sure I've read that already. Read that already. Uh huh. And then here, I'll give you this. John 5, girl on 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Hmm. And I love this. Proverbs 25, girl on 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. <laughs> and you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 119, colon 114. Uh, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. John 5, colon 39. Hmm. And then Proverbs 29, colon 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. See how careful we have to be with the words of God. I think it's so important. I really do. <laughs> um, yes, I've got that one. Yes, that one too. Yes, that too. I think that covers everything I wanted to say. 
Remember that prayer is so very powerful, and what you say also. How do you know what God will give you if you don't know what you want? So as well, I think sometimes you have to give the prayer a bit of direction. And I found uh, by uh, you know going to my room, taking a notepad, a Bible, and a roll of toilet paper, very handy. Sit and pray and cry and tell God all my problems. I write in my little diary notebook all the problems I'm having, and what I pray the Lord will answer me with. The solutions I think would be the perfect solutions, and obviously hand it all over to the Lord and ask Him to provide the solutions. And he always does. It's amazing it is. I've actually gone through my little diary and everything I prayed for, he gave me. It's so amazing, you know, in this one particular really awful set of situations. Um, my uh, next heading is being a child of God. Because this all comes into it, who we are today. We are the world. We are the children. Well... There's only a segment of us that are the children of God. Let's find out more about this. What does it mean to be a child of God? The New Testament uses the phrase child of God or children of God several times. First John 3, 10 explains what it means to be a child of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. John is not referring here to legalists who rigidly work to earn God's favor, Titus 3, colon 5. He is describing the life of someone who has truly received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The life of a child of God will be radically different from the life of an unbeliever. A child of God has a desire to live in a way that pleases the Heavenly Father, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, a life characterized by love. Many people wrongly believe that everyone is a child of God. Since human beings are created in God's image, Genesis 1, 27, Aren't we all his children? Question mark. The Bible says no. Every human being is designed by God and loved by him. But we can only become his children when we are adopted by him in Ephesians 1 colon 5, Romans 8 colon 15. Because of our sin, we live under the tyranny of Satan, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4 colon 4. We are enslaved by sin and live to follow the Dictates, follow its dictates. John 8, colon 34 and Romans 6, colon 16. Sin drenched. <laughs> Just turn the page. Humanity cannot enter the presence of a holy God. Our sin must be forgiven and our natures restored before we can have fellowship with the one we have offended. Psalm 51, colon 7. Second Corinthians 5, colon 17 describes what happens when we are born again into the family of God through faith in Jesus. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Jesus taught that becoming children of God means we must experience the new birth. John 3, colon 3. To be a child of God means our old sin nature is replaced with the nature that wants to please the Lord. We still sin, 1 John colon 1, 8, but we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. 1 John 2 colon 1, being a child of God means our sins are paid for and our fellowship with God has been restored. Being children of God means we have access to the throne of grace through prayer, any time and from any place. We have the promise that we may receive the mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 16. The child of God trusts his father to supply all his needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. He is confident that the Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask him. Matthew 7, 11. A child of God has an eternity in heaven guaranteed. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. John 3, 16 to 18. Jesus has already paid the entry fee for every person who trusts in his death and resurrection. Children of God live in the hope of seeing Jesus face to face, and so they purify themselves just as he is pure. 1 John 3, colon 3. A child of God is eager to do good works, Titus 2, colon 14, because saving faith is a faith that changes us, James 2, colon 14, comma 26. A child of God is no longer a child of the devil and no longer plays in the devil's backyard. God sets about transforming his children through the power of the Holy Spirit and they begin to take on a family resemblance. Philippians 2, 12 to 15. If we do not begin to look like our Heavenly Father in word, desire and action, we are most likely not really his. 1 John 1, 5 to 6 and 2, 3 to 4. Human beings were created to live as children of God. Sin marred that purpose and broke that relationship with God. Christ restores us to that original relationship as we repent of sin and place faith in Him. God calls people from every era, region and statue status in life to be His children. John 6, 44. All eternity, the sons and daughters of God will worship Him as one, united as a family from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Revelation 7, 9 and 14, 6. And a child of God lives for Him on earth and eagerly awaits a future with Him in heaven. Philippians 1, 21 and Galatians 2, 20. Um, also, the reminder, the temple of God is inside you, 1 Corinthians 3, colon 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells inside you, in your midst? 1 Corinthians 6, colon 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit with you, with whom, with whom you have from God?
You are not your own, for you were bought for a price. So glorify God in your body. Plus you were bought for a price. In Acts 20, 28, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Walking with Jesus, Ephesians 2, 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Very interesting that uh, Acts 20, 28 is very interesting. I want to read it again. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. By the way, that is to us. Why do I know that? Well, I can tell you that I've been to all the churches and they're not serving the Lord. They're not teaching God's word. They're not teaching the salvation of Jesus Christ. They're not teaching you that the Lord can have a relationship with you at a one-to-one level, that the Lord is watching everything and he wants a one-to-one relationship with you privately. He doesn't want you um, praying to him in the synagogue aloud he, to glorify your name or to get any attention. He wants you to do this privately. Why is this so important? Well, because the priests before, they would uh, not pray for you and they wouldn't uh, do anything for you unless you had purchased an animal from them. And, um, you know, you have to be in good uh, standing with that priest for him to do this for you. A bit like, a, you know, if you're a bad kid, like you're not liked at school. You know, I don't know about you, but I wasn't popular at school. Um, I was never really liked by the teachers. I never got the nice roles in any of the plays or any of those things because I wasn't a teacher's pet and I didn't really like the idea of having to be super nice to somebody uh, all the time. So I just wanted to just learn, you know. I didn't want to, to go beyond that. Uh, I've never really been good at crawling up uh, people's um, back ends. So, um, I've always had my own mind in that way. So I've also found that uh, people don't realize that if you've had a hard life, there is a reason why your life has been hard. Because you probably didn't know who you were. But God knows who you are. You're not famous here, but you're probably famous (laughs) amongst all of the the spiritual world. If you truly are a child of God, they will know who you are. Uh, They will. And, And they will make your life difficult. Satan prowls like a lion, looking for people to devour. What's his entry point? Sin. What type of sin? Any type of sin. Um, telling lies. Not walking the walk. Not talking the talk. If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and everything else, it's probably a duck. 
So um, in the same way, we we're a bit like the the ugly duckling, which I've also done a sermon on, because we don't fit in, and uh, you won't fit in because you're not a duckling; you're a swan. <laughs> but you won't know that until you've grown up a bit, and you won't grow up a bit until you've nourished yourself with the food that makes you grow into a swan. And the beauty of God will be encompassed inside you and outside you. Everything about you will radiate who God is. Because we shine the light of Christ to others in the way we are and what we do. Uh, You see, I think there's been a lot that's gone wrong, in my opinion. I'm sorry, I'm taking my jump off. It's so hot. And uh, what else have I got? Yeah, I've got a washing machine going on because I ended up switching something on and it kept, went off and it's now back on again from Friday, I think. Anyway, back on again. Um, so what else have we got? We've got so much going for us. In this situation that we're facing in the world, I want you to always write down all the good things that are going for your life, all the things to be thankful for. It's even more important at the moment because there is so much going on. And I believe that everything's very fast-tracked at the moment. And it is every day is by day by day i live day by day at the moment i just don't know what will happen tomorrow everything's changing so quickly it is i don't know if i'll make it to the next day a lot of the time with the torture that's going on um so sometimes i can just switch one switch on or go to print something and then all the machines will come on and I'm like, oh, great, here we go again. Um, it's so horrendous. It is. Uh, or if I cook something, it, all machines will come on then or whatever. Or, I don't know. It's very interesting. <clears throat> um, so... These are the final days. Hopefully the sermon's given you a bit of nourishment in your spirit. That's what I do it for, to show you what I'm finding and learning and what the Lord wants me to bring to you. And uh, we are the children of God. Um, But we also need to behave like it. Why? Well, because... God will only listen to the prayers of his own children. The prayers of the righteous. And so, with all the things that have happened, when your prayers aren't answered, you start to really ask yourself questions as well. Am I righteous enough for God to answer my prayers? Am I considered a child of God? Have I been behaving like one? You start going over all the things. And sometimes... 
uh, it takes a big event, uh, some horrible thing to happen in your life for you to start assessing yourself. And Because uh, we can doddle along for a while and be on the wrong road. It's very possible. Nobody's perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. Um, but I will tell you that uh, I came to Christ in 2007 and uh, this was after a builder ripped me off and I cried and prayed and uh, did the sinner's prayer, gave the Lord 24 hours to prove himself to me because I didn't want to continue with my life unless he was real and he showed up. And then it was only in 2020 when I read the Bible. And I read it cover to cover and studied it and dissected it and everything else. Um, and then after I'd read the Bible, the Lord gave me all the dreams about the truths and lies and how it all works. And he brought it all to life in, in my spirit. I think it was because I read it. And because I think we were, we're, in, we're fast tracking everything in, in my house, in my head <laughs> at the moment. I think I've had quite a bit of catching up to do. <clears throat> I was never motivated to read the Bible, okay, before. I really wasn't. Uh, I didn't really see the need to. Uh, I had a relationship with the Lord before. And then... Uh, <laughs> I've had groups of people who'd come to my house on the Saturday, a Sunday, a wrong day, of course. And uh, and then uh, one of them commented, I didn't know my Bible because I hadn't read it. And so I said to God, well, what, now what? And, uh, and the Lord was like, well, you better read the Bible then. So I got on with it and I read it. And I dedicated every day to it. I didn't sleep for days and I was reading it. I read it straight. Sometimes without sleep for three days or two days, and then I'd sleep, and then I'd get back up. As soon as I woke up, I couldn't wait to get back into it. <laughs> well, I promise you, once you get into the book, you won't want to put it down. It was that addictive. That's why it was, for me, it was every single moment matters. Sometimes I'd have to pick up my daughter and drop her off somewhere. So I'd just put the Bible down, put, put my marker there to keep my space go and do whatever and then come straight back and then open it up and continue with what I was doing. Because, not because I was disciplined, but because I couldn't keep away from it. And I was so very grateful I had the time to do that. Uh, and, I, and I thank the Lord now that I have the time to worship Him, to praise Him, to study His Word, to tell you all about the Lord, the experiences I go through. Um, so amazing. God loves you so much, guys. I love you too. And I want you to know, no matter how hard your life is, God is there. <laughs> he is, and he loves you so much. Sometimes he doesn't answer your prayers for whatever reason. Sometimes it's to test you. Sometimes 
It's so that he can manifest himself in an even more glorious way further along the way. Or it's so that he has a different purpose. God opens doors and shuts doors. Things are going to get harder and harder for us all. It really is going to get harder and harder. But it's all written. I was talking to my friend today about it. I said, you know, it's, it's kind of frightening, you know, with everything happening. I said, don't you think? I said, no, I'm not frightened because I trust the Lord. <laughs> I said, yes, of course, that's right. See, to have friends to talk to, so wonderful it is. Because when you have got God, you don't need anyone else. If you've got God with you, then it doesn't matter if the whole world comes up against you. You can overcome them because you have God with you. With God, nothing is impossible. And so we have to trust in the Lord. Like with me, everything that's happening, the Lord has made it bearable, tolerable, and he's with me. And that also helps me to know that he's with me. And I've become closer to God than I ever have been with everything that's happened. It's brought me closer to him too. I've always found that in struggles. You you really, really come up close. But that's the other thing. We need to try and pray more, even when we're having a good time. Like today, I was very busy today, and uh, by the time I got on with my sermon, I had so many different things that I was working on in my mind, Um, I was thinking, right, what are we going to discuss today? But it all came together really amazing, I didn't have the capacity to do all of it so quickly and easily. But the Lord helped me because I was slightly delayed today to get everything together. And uh, I know that this is because the Lord is with me. Hmm. He can freeze time and do all sorts of things, the Lord. Very amazing he is. So I remember one time I was decorating a house. And it had this funny furry wallpaper and it was red fur on the paper and it was white background and it was embossed with this red fur and I wanted to paint it white and I had bought exterior emulsion because it was thicker and uh, I was painting it. But it took six coats, right, to get it to even do anything, I think. And it was horrendous. But it finally took... And I prayed at the beginning of the weekend, please, Lord, could you lengthen out the weekend so that it's really long so that um, I get this done? And uh, and he made it feel like it was a whole week that I had. Everything happened really easily. Like I said, it felt like I had much more time and it happened. I did it really quick. And it dried quicker and yeah, it was just so much better than I could possibly imagine. 
and uh, it was fantastic. It was. Praise the Lord. So really have a think about everything. Um, I pray the Lord is with you um, in everything and that you feel that he's with you and that you know it in your heart, spirit, mind and soul uh, because he is with you. Um, Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but he's with you. And uh, these are the final days. I mean, I was saying to God the other day, I said, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm alive in this time. I never thought these days would arrive, not in my life. I thought, well, I can't believe I'm here. It's absolutely strange. I used to think to myself, God will never come while I'm alive. Nah, the revelation of the Bible, none of that will happen while I'm alive. And here we are. And he's definitely on his way. These are the final days. There's so many big signs. We just need to know that. Hmm. Anyway, I think that brings me to a close on this. And uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. It's Aisha from God FM. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, uh, Telegram, God FM News, God FM Bible School, God FM Sermons, God's Homeschool, Church Network. And also you can email me admin at godfm.org.uk. And you can also telephone me and look us up on the website www.godfm.org.uk. And, uh, Bear in mind, we've been hacked. So if you can't reach me, um, just please could you comment on one of the channels as well. All right. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the sermon. Let's close with the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know that I am a sinner and that you are the son of God and that you shed your blood for me a sinner, even though I'm not deserving of this. I thank you very much for dying for me. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons or the Masons or tarot readers, Ouija boards or pagan festivals, ask you, Lord, to break those chains of any generational curses and redeem us now, past, present, and future, and remove those chains and any generational curses on us, on our families, on us, and anybody else within that unit to break those chains. Any recent curses, witchcraft, Satanism, or anything that's been put on us, our homes, or our property, or our jobs, or anything that's to stop our blessing, I ask you, Lord, to break those chains and release the blessing and pour blessings on us all who are hearing this message to protect us, to put a hedge around us, to send your angels to protect us so that we know that you are with us and that no harm will come upon us. As it says in your Bible, no weapon formed against us will prosper. 
and we trust the Bible because it is your word and it is written and it is true and it is breathed by you, my Lord, so we know that we can trust it mm -hmm. because you are a truthful God and a righteous God and we thank you for that. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, colon 1. Please don't forget this. Lord, please, I ask you to protect us in our workplaces, in our homes, against all of the radiation and EMF attacks, the 5G, the funny wiring, the funny lights, the Bluetooth, the Wi-Fi, the electricery. Please protect our minds against all the deceiving words of Satan through the media, the television, and the radio, news, papers, all of those things. Please keep us true to you that we are only concerned with pleasing you and having a relationship with you, giving you praise, glory, and thanks. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will remove all illness from you as well and to protect you from anything that you might take if you're ill any medications that you might take if anybody's received this injection i pray that the lord will forgive you if you repent and heal you in the mighty name of jesus christ and i also pray that the lord will give us the income to provide for ourselves a roof over our heads, protection in our workplaces with our income so that we have enough money to feed ourselves and we're not going to be an embarrassment. We pray that we are pleasing to you, Father, in everything we do and that we are sanctified in your blood. I thank you now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ for everything. I love you. It's Aisha from, from Earth here. Love you. Praise the Lord. Remember the Lord is with us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's Aisha from God FM. Have a great day. God bless you all. Take care.